What is your name? Stephanie. Stephanie. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So this is what we get. We're in the middle of 4,000 people. The race for hope. Welcome to Pennsylvania Avenue. Glad to be back. It was 2008 when David Cook was first beamed into our living rooms. He won a little song contest called American Idol. At the top of his success, his brother was diagnosed with a brain tumor and passed away on May 2nd the following year. David, on top of recording seven albums and EPs and touring the world, has remained a fierce advocate in the fight to beat brain tumors. This year, the Race for Hope celebrates its 25th anniversary in D.C. and the National Brain Tumor Society has raised tens of millions of dollars to crush brain cancer. I'm Tommy McFly. David Cook and I caught up for the first time in years on Pennsylvania Avenue. We first let the fast runners go ahead and then we set out to walk a mile. Last time I saw you, you didn't have a man bun. It's been that long since I've seen you. I know. It's, uh... Uh, it's such a joy to be back here, you know, after two years of doing virtual and uh, to be here for the 25th anniversary of this race, uh, to get to honor, you know, my brother uh, and, and countless others who have lost their fight and are continuing to, the good fight against this disease. Um, I'm, yeah, super honored to be here as always and really just excited to get out of the house. It's <laughs> very true. <laughs> We're always like, oh, I can go to a place with people. Yeah, right. You could be like David Cook, like the helper of this, but you're like in it constantly all year round with yeah, the Brain Tumor Society. It's, it's very important to me. My, my first uh, event uh, with, with them was in 2009. The night before my first race, uh, my brother passed away. And so this has just become such an important thing for me uh, and my family just as a cathartic experience. And then to get to, you know, hopefully bring some extra eyes onto this event uh, and some extra dollars. It's kind of what I build my schedule around every year is this event. That so. was the first time we met actually. That's right, yeah, yeah. And I was the first person you told about that. Oh and I feel God. like we've had this kind of bond yeah. ever since. It was, I can't even imagine what you went through that day. It was insane that you showed up. It was galvanizing in a way, I think, to be here and, and to be around um, the energy of this event. I, 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 I I can't, I can't think of another event that I've ever been a part of that has the energy and, and the love and the community of this event. And so, uh, yeah, to be here, uh, to, they keep inviting me back, so. <laughs> I think you're probably on the guest list for life. Fingers crossed. I found the audio from that day. Let's just say, I don't think David Cook knew what to say in that moment, and I certainly didn't know what to say in that moment. Here it comes. Brain tumors, unfortunately, have been, it's, it's affected your family. Yeah, yeah, I've got, a, I've got an older brother who actually, uh, actually passed away yesterday. I'm so from sorry. A brain tumor. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I think it, uh, it, it gave a little extra importance to running today. And, uh, you know, so it was good motivation. Back to our walk, it's so great to see David's continued commitment to the race for hope. And those regulars of the race know that he plays a concert the night before every year to help benefit the charity, too. That was back this year as well. How did it feel playing out again? I mean, I feel like it's been a minute. We, we did a small run in September, like two weeks, um, just you know, playing club shows and stuff. And, uh, but this was the first show since then. So first show of, excuse me, 2022. And uh, so there were definitely some nerves and uh, trying to figure out like, oh yeah, do I remember how to banter between songs, that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Hello, people. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Hello, fellow humans. It was a blast, you know, yeah. and, and I mean, a great room to, to get back into, a great crowd to get in front of, because uh, 
you know, you're less likely to get hecklers when it's a charity gig. You're That's... less. I won't say you're unlikely. <laughs> less likely for sure. That's very true. Yeah, right. And you were forged literally in a popularity contest. Oh, my God. So yeah, I feel true. like this is, you're like, hey, let's do it. <laughs> this is easy. I'm not pining for votes. You know, it's great. <laughs> Before we got started, I was like, what's David Cook been up lately? You released a new single for me just in time for the podcast. I, I'm I appreciate that, that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, uh, a new single. We kind of surprise dropped it. Um, again, you know, after Very the last... Very Beyonce of you. Uh, I, listen, I try. I try to be Beyonce always. Yeah, after the last two years of... of uh, you know, I put an EP out last year. But again, it's been a year, and uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to uh, kind of say thanks, you know? Yeah. So this song uh, came together very organically, very quickly. I think we tracked it maybe a month ago, and I'm really happy with the with the response so far. Have you gotten, like, big at, like, producing at home? Were you emailing tracks all around, or were you just like, screw it, I'll do it myself on GarageBand? I'm really good at recording songs of, of a high enough quality where then I, I can then pay somebody else to fix all the That's, things I did wrong. Sounds like a great yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... I've worked with uh, with a good friend of mine, a, a producer named Andy Skib, for the last six or seven years. Um, pretty much everything I've put out. So um, we worked on this together, and uh, I've known Andy for almost twenty years. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, we have a good shorthand, so it made it easy. What have you been up to during the pandemic? You're in Nashville, beautiful wife, oh, great city. Yeah. I've become more adept at being a house husband. I'm pretty nice. good at it. Uh, I, I, at least I think so. She probably <laughs> says differently. I started baking. Okay. <laughs> for my wife's birthday this year, I made her, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the like anti-gravity cakes? Where no. it looks like some, so I made, a, I made it look like a bowl of spaghetti and then like a floating fork pulling noodles out of the bowl. That's like not Betty Crocker, man. I, That's some real... Listen, YouTube tutorials are a godsend. Spaghetti cake. Yeah. Huh. And then, um, other than that, it's probably, yeah, it's just, I don't you know. Can, like, I, can I say I ate like... Can I say that? Oh, totally. Okay, I ate like shit for Perfect. two years. Basically, there you go. what happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, you made all that cake. You had to test uh, it. Exactly. You got it. You write songs. You have a whole notebook full. So They're imagine like, all the cake you ate. There were three cakes that didn't make the cut. So those <laughs> you had to get eaten too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was like sourdough like the gateway baker, or like is that how it started? Uh, well, no, so I uh, I found Great British Bake Off on Netflix. So good. I'm nowhere near good enough to be on that show, but I desperately want to be on that show. I mean, you're making anti-gravity spaghetti cakes. I feel like you're not far away. Which you would think, after going through an experience like Idol, I would never want to do anything that involved, like, a competition Ever again. again, yeah. And yet, I would do it in a heartbeat if they asked. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like now, right, like, you started on Idol, yeah. which was, like, the MySpace, right, of singing competitions. And now there's, like, the TikTok and the Instagram and the Facebook. There's all these sure, damn things. Sure. There's, like, you blindfold someone, you spin around in a chair, you come from a state, you, wear a, you sit in a box, you wear a costume. It's the MySpace of singing competitions. As an elder millennial, it was an easier time. Huge it was fan. simpler. Totally. Was simpler, you can't yeah. keep track of it all. Is there one now that you're like, I would do this or I would never do this? Anything with, with dancing involved, I'm out. Okay. Automatically out. Reasonable. Uh, the, I think when it first came out, I probably would have done The Masked Singer. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm at on that now. Okay. Yeah, I think anything food related at this juncture I'd probably be in on, yeah. It's My like God, is that guy already mouthful. done? People are already finishing. Wow. And uh, that's got to be like six minute miles. You realize we have not hit, we've not hit half of a mile yet. That is very true. Okay. We're walking on Pennsylvania Avenue. We're going right past the National Archives. We can see the Capitol. <laughs> Do you get here ever, like as a tourist? to dc or are you all i mean you're touring all the time you come here for the race but no no, no I, I've, n- I've never been here with nothing to do oh my gosh yeah now now just uh, that is, that is to say specifically with this race weekend so we did the show friday and then we had yesterday off so my wife and i did get to go uh we went to the smithsonian natural history museum which Fantastic. we wanted to go to for years and 
every time we wanted to go, it was like super busy and crowded. And she got to, I got to take her to uh, like the Georgetown shopping nice. in, uh, for the first time. So we spent money we didn't have. Perfect. And, Love uh, to see it. Yeah. Thanks for supporting the local economy. We appreciate it. We're glad you're back. Yeah, we do what we can. <laughs> we missed our tourists dearly, so we're happy you're back. Yeah. So I, I, every year we, we we try to like schedule in at least half a day where we can sneak out and go see something. So. Nice. Um, and the great thing is here, there's not a shortage of things to see. That's very true. Did you um, kind of love being able to wear a mask? People couldn't like really tell who you were for like two years. Absolutely. If I throw on the mask and the sunglasses and a ball cap. Like, oh, there's no way. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the movie. It was like, a, I think Alec Baldwin did it like the early 90s where he was like, a, or no, Liam Neeson, uh, where he was like a invisible. Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I'm so glad I'm bringing this up, and I have no. No, no I know exactly what you're. About. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm really good at that. When I think Liam Neeson, I think like someone stole his daughter, and he's got a gum catch. Of course, that's this is more of a that's the cornerstone. Yeah, he has a very particular set of skills for sure. <laughs> I will have to Google that. We'll put it in the show notes. Whatever the heck that movie's called. Oh, it's gonna bother me. He has the power to look like any man. They stole both sons of witches. But he is unlike any man. Dark man. Dark Man from 1990 did star Liam Neeson, if you want to add it to your streaming queue. I hope you can picture, we are in the middle of Pennsylvania Avenue, roads are closed, walking among thousands of people in this race for hope, and he's David Cook, and everyone at the race knows him. People keep waving and saying hi, also kind of wondering what the heck's going on. As you've seen this race grow over the years, I mean, you, you've got to be so proud. 5,000 people today. Oh yeah, 1.3 million dollars raised. It's um, I'm proud of the success of this event. The flip side to it is uh, the hope here is incredible, but it's always also a little heartbreaking to see just the reach of this disease and how many people it touches, which makes events like this and and organizations like the National Brain Tumor Society that much more important. You know, we got to get rid of this damn disease. We have to. It's just imperative. The energy here with everybody, the hope that people have. It's impossible not to walk away from an event like this and, and feel like you've changed. Yeah. They asked me to be part of this like two months ago or so or three months ago. And I was like, absolutely. 25th absolutely. anniversary. Yeah. I'm totally down. And then two weeks ago, my dear friend and colleague, uh, Wendy Rieger. Yes. Iconic, legendary broadcaster yeah. in this town. She would have hated me to have called her a legend. But she, <laughs> uh, she passed away um, like two weeks ago yeah. from glioblastoma. I'm and sorry it was for the thing loss. That's we, awful. Yeah. It, it, it's still like it's still not set in completely. I understand. Um, but she uh, just was telling everyone that like her philosophy was chasing life. Sure. And when she started with her with her doctors in her treatment, they were like the people who who who, who beat this, people who who make it, are the ones who get out there and chase life. And that's also advice I think that goes for people who are stuck in something. They may not have a, a disease, but they're stuck in life. You cannot succumb to what you think is ailing you. Wendy Rieger, always profound, always so wise. Still so hard to believe that she's gone. She lives on, though, in her words, her friendships, the lives that she touched. I'm personally so blessed and honored to have been able to spend time with her and call her a real-life friend on top of just a colleague. She lived big for yeah. 65 years. Um, and she just was such an inspiration to so many. And uh, it's, 
You're right. The, the reach is just it's just incredible and, and it's um, awful. Yeah, yeah. And please pass on my condolences to everybody. I will. Uh, Thank you. Involved. It's I hate hearing stories like that. Yeah, you'll never find a more inspirational human being than somebody going through you know life-altering illness uh, or ailment and 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 choosing that, choosing to em- chase down and embrace life, and it puts a it puts a lot of shit in perspective. You know. <laughs> You're yeah. absolutely damnably right. If the yeah. pandemic didn't do it, that'll also oh my help God. you do it. Yeah, completely ignoring the last two years. Right. Oh, Jesus. I'm sure people tell you those stories all the time. So how do you, like, for your own mental health, like, compartmentalize? People, you're David Cook, right? People want to tell you about their journey and their sure, story sure. and their loved ones. And I'm sure it's coming from, like, an honorable, honorary place and they want to share. Of course. But I feel like you get shared probably everywhere you go with these sort of things. It can be a lot. I, you know, I, I think... Uh, I just I, I try to embrace the um, the feeling of humility, I guess, um, and and understand that um, I think each you know I think the one thing that always throws me was when somebody says I know what you're going through, uh, and I understand I understand the sentiment of it and I appreciate the sentiment of it, but it's always I've always kind of looked at it as like nobody's experience with this is the same or with anything like this, you know it, it's. Uh, they're all very unique individual experiences because there's no rule book on how to process this kind of stuff. There's no rule book on, on how to ex- exist through it. So, yeah, I, I think that's the only thing that ever really catches me off guard past that. It's, it, it's humbling to think that somebody wants to feels like sharing that story, you know, is yeah. important to them. So I, 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 I choose to kind of try to take it with grace and accept it for what it is and, and try to be uh, present in that moment. Does the same thing happen when people talk about your music? Like, when you find you come back to me. Dude, that shredded me. I was dating some terrible dude at the time. <laughs> and it ended up, ended up being for the best that sure. didn't come back and find me. Yeah, yeah. However, I feel like people tell you those stories, too, that are, like, kind of heart-wrenching as well. Of course, yeah. I have a different relationship with those stories. I think it's nice to, it's nice to hear that stuff. I, you know, I, I write these songs with my experience and mine, and then you hope that... <laughs> at least one other person's gonna find something for themselves in it. So when you hear those stories, it's, it's a little bit more gas in the tank for the next song, you totally. know what I mean? But yeah, my relationship with those kind of stories are different, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you've got just like such a wealth of albums and singles and EPs. I'm building a catalog, for sure. As you're playing out now, like what song would you say is like you're like, don't stop believing? The song that you, you, the song that you do and everyone's like, yeah, David Cook, man. Light on is still kind of the cornerstone. I do okay. get I do get a lot of responses for that song. Um, Great record. Thank you. Yeah. I, I used to be in pop radio. I played it roughly seven million times. My, my condolences, <laughs> man. That's a big one. Time of my life, I still get, mm-hmm. which I, I I understand. Of course. I'm the typical musician. I I get more excited about whatever the newest song is. Right so, on. You know, we released the single Tabos on Friday. And we put it at the end of the set. So the whole show, I'm just like, let's get to the end so I can play the new stuff. Yeah, and then you, you know, so for me, it was like, I know I'm finishing with that. So I just got to build the rest of the set list and try to get everybody else excited and in the pocket. And Tell me about Tabos. So Tabos is, uh, it's, it's an acronym stands for This Will All Be Over Soon, which sounds really like a downer. Yeah. Um, but it actually, the song premise stems from, uh, I watched this round table interview with like, it was like Jamie Foxx and Tom Hanks and Robert De Niro. And Tom Hanks was telling this lesson, uh, talking about this lesson that he learned, and it was, you know, when, when things are going great, just just wait, you know. And when things are going terrible, just wait, you know. Uh, and this idea that like try to exist a little more even keel, you don't have to ride the wave all the time. And um, that that I, I love the the message of that. And so that's that's really the crux of this will all be over soon. Is just this idea like 
whatever's going on, good or bad, it'll be over soon and on to the next. Now we're at the National Gallery of Art. Do you want to loop back around? I think we're about a half a mile in. Oh, no, let's keep going. All right, let's do it. Yeah, 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 let's push on. Let's do it. This will not be over soon. We're now opting right. for more miles. That's right. Tom Hanks is like America's narrator, right? right. And oh you're like, God. and Tom Hanks has now inspired this song. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I owe him at least 10%, but he's not going to get it. Yeah, That's not happening. he doesn't need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He Let still has that all that on, Woody money. Let he me doesn't put need that your on help. record. Tom Hanks was not getting a dime of this song. <laughs> so are we going to see any songs about cake? Because clearly the things that are like popping up in your world, right? And based on the last couple of years, yeah, my next record's going to be very baking-centric. Yeah. You're so affected by the oh things that you experience. God, yeah. I, I've tried desperately for years to find hobbies uh, that uh, can kind of fit into my lifestyle but be completely distinct and separate from music, and currently that's baking. I, yeah, it was Legos for a while, but then I was like, all right, I'm almost 40. Like, let's let's knock that off. And baking way less expensive than Legos. But, but, well, and, you know, you, can, you can't eat Legos, but you can eat cake. So, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm into the baking thing right now. Who are you, like, baking, like, people you look up to in baking? Is it, like, um, oh, Dutch <laughs> from, from Ace of Cakes in Baltimore? Like, who are your... So the first thing I, I ever really baked that I was, like, super proud of was I made a... Uh, this is going to sound disgusting was uh, Mountain Dew Dorito Cupcakes. Oh my God. There's this- uh, Are you this a 12 year old? I am. That's amazing. Listen to me, yes. Did you have an Xbox party when you were playing <laughs> when you made them? Yes, but in true keeping with this MySpace thing you brought up earlier, it was the, it was the original Xbox. Uh, By the way, that was the highest compliment. That wasn't like a diss no, no, or no, anything no, like no, that. No, 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 I get it, I get it. Um, I, want, I, I do tend to tune into this uh, YouTube show called Nerdy Nummies. Nerdy Nummies? Yeah, and it's literally like, that's exactly what it sounds like. Okay. <laughs> Just recipes where the end result is based off of something in nerd culture. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mountain Dew Dorito Cupcake. The things you'll need will be lemon cake mix. I'm using a box cake, but you can use your favorite lemon cake recipe. You just need to know there are many, many recipes for Mountain Dew Dorito Cupcakes on the internet. The, the nerdy nummies video that David mentioned, there's a link to that in the show notes. They are delicious, I will say. Is and it I don't Dorito like... in the cake and uh, Mountain Dew on the icing? So you, it, it, it's basically like a Mountain Dew cupcake and then you, uh, you crush up Doritos and sprinkle them on top. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, um, it sounds horrible, yeah. a given. But delicious. Uh, but really good. Huh. Yeah, it tastes like a, like, almost like a lemon cupcake. Wow. So, I guess lemon is the flavor Mountain Dew is trying to do. You're welcome in advance. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'll have to put a link to those <laughs> recipes in the show notes as well. You've given me homework, David Cook. I, I appreciate I, it. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At this point, I could tell some women walking sort of next to us were hoping to say hi to David. And it was so cool that they joined in on the conversation. Hey, how are you? Of course. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you very much. What's uh, your name? Allison, I'm Tommy. We're recording a podcast. Can I talk to you while we're doing it? So David and I have been walking almost a mile now. We're turning by the U.S. Capitol. How's your day going? How's the walk going for you? This is a beautiful day and a beautiful location for a great cause. Yeah. Uh, the National Brain Tumor Society does something for our community all over our country. We're helping survivors, we're helping caregivers, we're helping the family members, and we're supporting researchers. So you can't get any better than that. Where are you from? I'm from outside Philadelphia. Very cool. I'm from Scranton originally. Oh, good. So, Pennsylvania right. people are tough. Woohoo! <laughs>
Well, I'm so glad you made it down to the to DC today. Oh yeah, it's my pleasure. I love this event. How did you get hooked up with David? You're a lucky guy. Um, he lost so, a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> David, I've I've known David for years on the Race for Hope since like 2009. So it's been. I haven't been here in a few years, and I'm so thrilled to be back. I'm a 13-year survivor, so I'm proud to still be here. That's phenomenal. Congratulations. And my friend Maria here is a three-year survivor. Hello. Hello. Hi, Maria. How are you? I'm good. Might I talk to you, too? Sure. So are you from Philadelphia as well? Um, I'm from the Lehigh Valley in, in Pennsylvania. Awesome. Closer to Scranton. We're going further north as yes. we go. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Well, I'm so glad that you're with us today. Thank you. Thank you very much for stopping and for saying hi. Thanks. And we'll see you at the finish line. Yes. Absolutely. Right on. Have a good one. It's so cool because DC is like totally back now. Like we had our best buddies walk yesterday, our friendship walk. There's like a festival with tents going on here. We've got our run happening. It's just DC's it. back, baby. I love it. I love it. This uh, this this city's too nice to be shut down. That is true. You know? It's been a weird couple of years here too. So well, things are doing listen, all right. It's been a weird couple of years everywhere, but yeah, especially here in DC. That's true. And they just um over here is a new uh, Memorial to President Eisenhower. Okay. And then right here at the National Museum of the American Indian, that circle is sometimes on fire and there's water and it's a, it's a memorial to Native American veterans who oh, served wow. our country. Okay, awesome. Yeah, that happened during the pandemic too. That's also new. So what's the plan for summer? Or tour? Yeah, what, so what's we, going on? Uh, I, I booked some dates on the Pop 2000 tour. Oh my uh, gosh, that sounds amazing. I'm opening for O-Town, LFO, uh, I think Ryan Cabrera's on the bill, Chris Kirkpatrick and Mark McGrath are on the bill. It's uh, amazing. I'm not really sure who thought they, like, we should ask David Cook. He should definitely be a part of this. <laughs> but I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm on, I think, one weekend in July and uh, I think every weekend in August. That's fantastic. Good opportunity to get out and play in front of some new ears that maybe aren't uh, David Cook diehards yet. They will be someday. They didn't know yet. That's, if I do my job. But that's always the question. Will I do my job? When you hear the name Chris Kirkpatrick, you think you can get his ass kicked. It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> that poor guy. You can never oh, hear his dude. name without hearing the Eminem lyric. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I think this is a good challenge for you though, because like Gavin DeGraw toured with Shania Twain. And I saw that happen. And I saw like an arena full of Shania Twain fans who were there for Man, I Feel Like a Woman. And this guy in a fedora and a piano comes out. And the people are like, what in the hell? I'm glad you led with fedora. But, you went fedora oh, before piano. Totally. Okay, That's good. his look. I he love it. always has a fedora. doesn't always have a piano. But by the end of his set, he had the entire Capital One Arena on their feet, singing, dancing. And it was cool to watch like a crowd who was not there. For, I mean, some were there for him, but it was sure. Shania Twain, right? Sure. So like, he made them his people. Yeah, he did his job. Yeah. 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 I believe you'll do the same thing with O-Town Scrap. Fingers crossed. I, I toured with Gavin in uh, 2011. I think you probably brought it through here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> probably and came he, here. Uh, he puts on a hell of a show. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, that story checks for sure. And next time you come to D.C., you got to play the 930 Club. That's the one on your like, bingo card, right? Let's make this happen. Yeah, I've done almost every other venue in D.C. at this point. So, uh, yeah, 930 Club, let's do that. I will put a note in the suggestion box. Thank you so much. David Cook, that's been a mile, man. Thank hey. you for walking with me. Man, so good to see you, buddy. So good to see hey. you, too. And keep up your incredible work you do Thank with you. the National Brain Tumor Society. Yeah. Can't wait to see you next year. A big thanks to David Cook for joining us to walk a mile and for the National Brain Tumor Society for inviting me to host the 25th annual Race for Hope on Freedom Plaza in D.C. You can learn more about the work of the Race for Hope and the National Brain Tumor Society at braintumor.org. 
they would also, I'm sure, love a donation. If you like what you're hearing, I know you know, share it with your friends. Hit the link button, text it around, like, subscribe, share, all the things every podcast always asks you to do. A big thanks to Vea Valesco and Patricia Anderson and Deanna Martin for making this episode possible. I'm Tommy McFly. Walk a Mile is produced by Real Fun Content.